Good morning, everyone. You're listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. My name is Kate Copsey, and I am the host of the show. You can contact me from my webpage, katecopsey.com, or through America's Web Radio Station site. This morning, we are doing our last seasonal special on gifts for gardeners. And this morning's expert is landscape designer Gloria Day from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning. How are you, Kate? I'm doing very well. Um, You run your own landscape and maintenance company. So let's uh, think back a little to when you started um, the the business, maybe just out of college and things. What was the first garden tool that you purchased, and why did you pick that particular one? Okay. The first garden tool I think that everyone purchases is a pair of pruners. And being left-handed, I purchased... um, a pair of Felco lefties, which I still have, and it's 18 years later with my garden design and maintenance service. Uh, Felcos are great. The quality tools are great. You can get replaceable parts for them, and so they last a lifetime. Ooh. And is it, is it easy to get replacement parts for them and get them sharpened and things like that? Absolutely. Every Well, I'm not very good about sharpening my own tools and you have to really do that to keep them in tip-top shape um, <laughs> so i you know i try other brands too and and i usually go back to the falcos um because of their quality and you know, certain things like i say that's a left-handed aspect of it um but you can get new springs and new blades they just they last forever they're they're worth their expense. Yeah, and and of course the the bypass pruners um, ra- rather than the anvil variety. Is that right? That's right. That's right. There's a difference in the how it cuts, and it's very important for the plants. And there's a different pruner for each plant too. When I'm um, I have a maintenance business, so when I'm just snipping perennials, I just need a snipper. I don't need a real hard pruner, and then. If I'm doing anything over an inch, I certainly need a lopper, a whole different. And I think, um, you know, getting the right tool um, for whatever you're you're doing is certainly kind of kind of helpful. Um, And I, I know when I, you know, kind of, I've seen a lot of different pruners over the years, and. I think the the anvil was. I've yet to find a, a, a good reason to get the anvil pruners um, ver, versus the um, the bypass ones, which are the, the blades that go side by side. Right. I always do the bypass pruners, so I don't know why people would buy an anvil. Um, they seem to be less costly, and maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Um, so, and and I don't don't think I've seen any actually for. Many years, but yes, I I, I like the um, the Falco ones. Um, my my pruners um, are are slightly slightly different, but uh, you know I th- I think it's great great to have different um, different le- levels of, of things. Um, so when did you actually um, graduate from pruners to shovels and things like that, which obviously are also <laughs> part of landscaping? <laughs> As the job calls for it, first you start in with a little trimming here and there, and then you you start to 
adding to the garden and then moving things around. Um, you know that that rule of three. You put something in for three years and then you have to transplant it. <laughs> <laughs> it takes three years to grow and then you have to move it and divide it and transplant it. So uh, the next thing would be um, an all-around garden shovel, a spade, and then the transplanting tool, uh, the transplanting shovel that that makes my life so easy in the garden is a, a long-bladed, about a 14-inch blade that's very narrow, maybe four inches or five inches in width. Um, and it's, it's not the easiest thing to find, but um, you can find, you know, sometimes they're called drainage shovels or ditch shovels, but I don't like a 21-inch blade. I like the 14-inch height. And that's my best transplant uh, shovel to use around perennials to get in really tight spaces and just pop those plants out without disturbing anything else in the vicinity, the ground there. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I have seen um, those spearhead ones. You know, I've got a flathead um, shovel that I like for dividing things because you can really stomp on it um, when when you're go, going down, particularly with a grass or something like that that has disgustingly solid root. So, have you come across any? tools that um, you would consider useless in the garden, particularly for a, a beginner um, or, or a, a, maybe a, a senior gardener that you, you find aren't particularly useful? I know, I know one that became very popular a while back that I've got a couple of them and I've tried a couple and find them absolutely no use at all, are the things that they sell for uh, weed diggers where you kind of you you've got a handle and you dig on it um, and then you pull up something um, and it's supposed to get all the roots um, oh a weeder tool something y- that has a grabber at the bottom or you twist it or whatever yeah no, they never worked for me either <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they're constructed very well for the heavy duty weeding that i need to do for one i mean i really um I, I'm afraid to say the gardener has a lot of weeds in her garden. Uh, so <laughs> I really have to get in there and and do some hefty weeding. Uh, it's not just going around and picking a weed here and there. So what I like to use then um, is a garden where you have a little bit of open space is a push hoe or a diamond hoe, which is sort of a, a triangular shaped head on it and it has a sharpened blade on on three sides and you can really get in there and um, scuffle around and weed that way but those little scrubber things that you put over weed and it's supposed to act like your hand well your hand is the best tool in in many cases I think so. Even even with dandelions, I, I think uh, you know if you've got a good a good hand uh, trowel or something like that that's got a nice sharp blade that goes down a couple of inches. You know, I, f- I find that just as um, practical as something a different tool which you you know you obviously have to purchase. Um, yeah. yeah. And my my second um, can't live without tool would be A. M. Leonard soil knife. It's a big, wide grip of a handle, an orange handle. That's about a six to eight inch wide blade, a little bit of a curve, 
with um, a little bit of a serrated edge on one side. And that's what I use for dandelions and for general weeding. And even for planting bulbs, daffodil bulbs, tulip bulbs, things like that, it's, it's a really good all-around tool. Mm-hmm. A bit of edging, scraping, uh, loosening up soil pots, planting containers. Yeah, um, I must admit, I use a, a traditional um, dibber that I believe I, I won sometime in England when I was over there at my mother's garden club, a nice the wooden one. England are delightful. <laughs> they are quality tools. Of course, the English gardeners know all about gardening, don't they? Well, well, yes, but I can t- tell you it's great if you've got friable soil, but you try try using a traditional dib- dibber in a clay soil and it goes nowhere. <laughs> Well, that is true. Um, and then I have a tool that I use. It's called the spearhead shovel, and it looks like a shark head or a spear. Um, and it, it's a very good tool, a D-handle type tool, a short shovel, really good for getting in rocky oil. And so when my regular spade does not work, I get out the spearhead shovel. That's been on the market about five years. Uh-huh. And S-P-E-A-R, head shovel. They have their own website for that. Again, a, a specialty tool can be expensive, but in the right circumstances, it saves a lot of work, and it's definitely well worth it. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, um, I, I have a, a tendency, particularly when I'm putting in shrubs and, and fruit trees and things like that, where you need quite a good size hole, um, I still still end up using a pickaxe <laughs> and, and give it a good swing, and it just kind of go, goes through um, clay or anything. Um, it, I can relate to that type of soil. Certainly yeah. in Pennsylvania here. <laughs> yeah, not not so good when you hit a rock, but um, but yeah, that's uh, you know that that that's always at the uh, the, the end of the um, the shed. You know, the, the the end of the most used tools, particularly with a new garden, which I've had to do over the uh, the last co- couple of years. Um, but uh, you know, and I I think tools particularly, um, you know, pe- people like to get different tools. Um, so you know, I think I think they're kind of useful for for most gardeners. Um, and and you mentioned one with a, a curved head. Is that uh, more ergonomical, maybe, than um, the traditional heads? Um, I don't think it's designed that way. It's really designed for the type of soil. Uh, the handle or the grip is not curved for ergonomics. Oh. And I know I know there's a lot of new tools coming out on the market. I've I've seen um, rakes that are curved and um, a couple couple of new new ones that have been been at uh, conferences and things. And you think, how in the world does that work? <laughs> and uh, you know, um, I, and I I think people are putting a lot of interest in it. But I think most people just like the traditional shovels, spades pruners and and uh, you know that type type of um, that type of basic tool i don't think you can improve on them that much i, I think i um, we have like five basic tools then we love to try whatever is new on the market just to test it out you sound like me in that respect that you have to try something that that's new now one of the things i have tried are some of the lightweight uh, tools dram makes some lightweight uh, loppers and pruners and things like that. They're, they're titanium. 
And they're Ooh. colorful, which is really kind of fun, too, to have it in the garden. Oh, great. Well, we can so talk about... I yeah. also dram just made, yeah. Yeah. you know, water hoses and, yeah. and nozzles and rain shower heads uh-huh. and things like that. But they've come out with this new line of pruners there. Okay. Well, well, let's talk about those a little more in the next segment because, you know, we we have to go for our first commercial break. Um, But come back, everyone, and listen to more with with Gloria Day about gardeners, things, gifts for the gardeners are on your list on America's homegrown veggies. We'll be back in just a moment. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Come on, follow Snipples to Atlanta's go-to center for breathing easy. Do you suffer from chronic sinus headaches, recurrent sinusitis, facial pain or pressure, and chronic congestion? Well, balloon sinuplasty just could be the cure you're looking for. Follow me and breathe easy. Follow Sniffles.com. We treat the problem, not the symptom. Chronic sinus symptoms, gone. This could be the cure you're looking for. Follow me and breathe easy. This proven in-office procedure can have you breathing easy, back to work the next day, and it's done under local anesthesia. Get lasting relief, a quick recovery, and start breathing easy again. Follow me and breathe easy. Follow Sniffles.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at America's Homegrown Veggies. And if you miss any shows, you can find them on americasradio.com webpages. You can find them on iTunes and you can find them on Stitches as well. And this morning, we are talking about gifts for gardeners on your list. And as uh, I guess as time um, issue, um, we're going, going to talk a little more about the the ones um, that we ended the last segment with, Gloria. Um, you said they're titanium uh, and very lightweight. Um, does that mean, that, though, that they have the um, sustainability, may, maybe to dig through soil and things like that? Well, they're made with titanium, so um, that gives it the lightweight but also the durability. I think uh, I'm trying the first pair of loppers which is a pair of telescoping loppers, and it's a delight because you can be in the garden for a long time without your shoulders hurting when you're, you're pruning, holding it over your head. That seems to be my my weak point is to try to sustain any movement over my head for a long period of time. I just don't have that upper body strength there. <laughs> um, so it's really nice to, to have a lightweight tool and a sharp tool and a new tool. The design is great. And, and the colors are really fun. I, I chose a purple one. That's one of my fun colors for tools. And if you put it down somewhere in the grass while you're working, you can always find it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would imagine so. And I, I would imagine if there are several of you in a fa- family, you'd know which one was yours. <laughs> um, That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. We all have to get different yes. colors when we're working. <laughs> And, and in fact, crew, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that was the thing I noticed with Fiskars because theirs are orange, and you can always find those as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a very smart. They're both very smart companies, and and I like that. A good design 
for a, a, the right tool for the right job, something that's fun too. Oh, like, yeah. like the colors. Yeah. But, I mean, there's nothing to say you have to be drab in the garden. You have some color. Yeah, most gardeners have a bit of personality to begin with, so why not the tools, right? Well, that's right, yes. Um, okay, well, let's move on to um, to books, which I know um, a lot of gardeners um, can, you know, they, they, they enjoy books of, of all different sorts. But you mentioned a new one out that was um, on Beatrix Potter. Um, is it yeah. about her life or her garden or, or um, the things that her the, the rabbit, like Peter, was eating? Or what, What's that one about? It's about her life. Um, Beatrix Gardening Life and it's about the plants and the places that inspired the classic children's tale and the author is Marta McDowell it's a Timber Press book and it's just as delightful as her children's books it's, just, um, it's written about all the places that she lived and all the areas that she gardened and the, the, the gardeners that she met turned them into characters in her children's tales um, or re, you know, referred to them in a little poetic license there but her life was extraordinary um, being a, a city person and then her family summered in the country and they moved from place to place places that she talks about that uh, Beatrix had written about or explores with people about and and then as it goes into her adult life, where she settled, and then she actually purchased property as a single woman, which is probably very unheard of at that time, uh, and she started a garden, and she, she supported herself by writing all of these books. And, and then people just kept asking for more books, and then, you know, everyone was in love with her books. They're just classics, and I'm sure... You probably have some on your bookshelf, and, and I do, and every time I, I see a new version, I might pick that up. I didn't know that I had the complete uh, volume of Beatrix Potter's tales <laughs> until after I read this, this new gardening life book. So oh. I was thrilled to know that I could look up uh, Jemima Puddle Duck and all of the little flopsy rabbits and everything. I thought maybe I just had Peter Rabbit the tales of Peter Rabbit. <laughs> well, he cer certainly <laughs> liked the vegetable garden, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. So in the back of the book, it lists my book, which plants were used in that book that she wrote. And many of them are familiar to us now, and some of them are a little different across the continent and across the time. But the research done in this book, to, to have that list, is invaluable. It's just a, it's a delight book, and it's delightful from um, a reading standpoint. It's easy to read and entertaining, but from a gardener's standpoint, to actually see what she had grown and what was in each book and who liked what and why she put something in, it's kind of fascinating. I like attention to detail, so maybe that's why. <laughs> Well, that's, that sounds fun. I would imagine it would make you want to hop on a plane and go, go over there and inspect the gardens yourself. Absolutely. My next trip over, I want to go to that Lake District. Um, all in all, she donated or bequeathed to the National Trust over 4,000 acres. And 
obtaining property after property after property. And uh, that is quite an accomplishment for, for one woman. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and a, another book um, that I know I know is is out um, is the um, the Doug Oster has just brought out one, uh, the Black and Gold Gardens of Pittsburgh. Have you been able to see that that book? And you know, I know there's a lot of Steelers fans out out there. Um, I have seen that, but I've heard about that. And uh, a member of my family that is a, a rabid Steelers. <laughs> uh, that could be a really good one for that Christmas list. Um, I'm sure Zuck has a lot of fun writing that, putting that together. Great theme, you know, to do a garden. Yeah, and 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 Doug, of course, is a great writer. So, you know, I, I think that that should be a, a really fun book for any Steelers fan out there. I mean, you can be a Steelers yeah, fan and a gardener, right. can't you? <laughs> He's a good gardener, and he's got a great sense of humor, and he has a good way of presenting. Um, I thought that would catch on, too. Now, I don't know about Penn State with a blue and white garden. There's not a lot of blue flowers, but I think we could do that. That could be the next volume there. <laughs> Well, we know who really to kudos yeah to yeah talking about that and that putting that together <laughs> yeah um, and another one actually that that I came across it, it seems like it's in its third printing which I think almost every gardener would need is um, one by by Ruth Rogers Clawson the fifty beautiful deer resistant plants now who doesn't have deer in their garden <laughs> very few people in urban. Uh, gardeners can have deer in their garden, so it uh, depends on the intensity. But it's true. It, that is a, a very good book, a very practical book. Um, you know, plants that you can use, and also ways of preventing deer from coming into your garden. Yeah, and uh, that's a great book too. Yeah, very useful. Um, another or one that, that you used in one of your articles that I saw was a book. By Simeon, was it? Um, Grow more with less. Um, is that about about the sort of getting rid of the the lawn and, and planting in something instead of grass? Well, it's it's really about growing things uh, with less water and less money and less work. Oh, so it's a very wise choice for the green gardener on your list, or the sustainable gardener. Uh, wants to be green. There's tips about um, ground covers, sustainable lawn care. If you're going to continue to have a lawn, certainly uh, the trend is to uh, replanting some of the lawn areas into garden beds. You know, with ground covers, weed suppressing ground covers. It has tips on rainwater harvesting and edible garden planning. Uh, how to manage invasive plants when you're turning some of your lawn into a meadow. That's always a problem is how to keep the invasives out. It's a, a very well-rounded book. It covers a lot of ground um, for the real conscientious gardener that wants to learn. And it's from the basic um, tips, if you're just starting out, also, for a seasoned gardener, it reminds us to do certain things, or how to change some of our practices to be a little bit more sustainable. Yeah. Excellent book. 
and I and I think think being able to take particularly I mean for instance in our last home we we had about three acres and most of that was was grass um, to be able to and of course it has to be mowed um, so being able to turn that into meadows that don't need mowing I think is an excellent um, way way of treating some of those larger properties. Yes, to um, to put them in meadows, uh, attractive meadows, um, planned meadows that, of course, are going to benefit the pollinators, or to start turning um, some of that area into sizable beds and plant some colonies of trees and some, some plant colonies with, with the trees and the understory, the shrubs and the ground covers and grasses. Uh-huh. Just take out some of that lawn. Things that will thrive together because it's that communities and that will be less work in yeah. the long run once they're established. And, and I think it, all, it also creates a, a much healthier environment for... Um, if, if it's multi, it's got lots of different things in it. It makes a big right. difference. Um, you know, the pollinators and things that come in, and and the earthworms, and just just life in general. And I think when you've got ch- children, particularly when when you see butterflies coming in and birds coming in, it re- really um, it make, makes the garden come alive, come to life when you've got all those different elements in there. Oh, sure, it becomes an outdoor television. It's a yeah. wonderful source of entertainment. Um, the other aspect I was going to mention is Doug Tellamy um, is talking about building wildlife corridors. And we're not just talking about a pollinator garden here and a pollinator garden there. And Ooh. we're talking about joining with your neighbors and making your garden go into your neighbor's garden, to the next neighbor's garden, so that there's continuity of habitat. Oh, that yeah. Of course, of course, that the birds yeah. And the wildlife. That 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 of course would, would uh, rely on people talking to each other, which again is a very healthy thing. But you know, we we need to take another quick commercial break here. Um, but I want to remind you, you're listening to America's homegrown veggies, um, and we'll be back with more with Gloria Day about gardens, gifts, and we will be right back. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that will really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link. Quick Steaks, that's Q-U-I-K Steaks, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quicksteak.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Steaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Steaks, Q-U-I-K Steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. 
This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're back listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. I'm the host of the show, Kate Copsey, and this morning we are talking about gifts for the gardener on your list with Gloria Day, a landscape designer in Pittsburgh. And Gloria, let's talk a little now about um, some of the, um, maybe some things that uh, children um, can can use. Um, so So often... The ones I see tend to be in the box stores and they're cheap plastic. And I don't think that um, is a great way to introduce a child to gardening. Um, I think they're more, more for playing with on the beach rather than trying to get a child introdu- introduced to gardening. Well, you certainly don't want to introduce a child to garden by making them weed. You want to make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> so I think... As soon as you can get your child outside, you should give them a pile of dirt to play with. (laughs) (laughs) And their own sense of creativity will will just um, let them play, you know, sort of like a sandbox, but dirt. And they'll start building things, and they'll they'll start making things. And then if you can give them some seeds, say sunflower seeds are great, because they're big seeds, and they come up quickly. And... One of the ideas that I've just heard that I can't wait to try next year is to make a room by planting sunflower seeds in a square. So if you plant different heights of sunflowers in a 10 by 12 room or 6 by 6 room or something, whatever area that you have to to set aside for a children's garden and then let that grow up, leave a little space for a door, an entranceway, that will will become a playhouse, a living, growing playhouse. And that sure would fill the bill for getting a child interested in gardening for any child that I've met. What do you think? Yeah. I I think that's a great idea. Um, Because kids need to get into gardening slowly and and they need to have fun but I say the the tools that 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 are for I mean they can't really use um the adult tools and there there seems to be a gap in the market for good tools for sort of the the five to ten year old maybe well it's true the ones that you see usually aren't very sturdy and so if you're going to do anything with them they might break and then that's not fun so now you've got a broken tool that you're trying to limp along with. It's <laughs> um, a design challenge for the next manufacturer. Yeah. Something colorful and something fun and something sturdy. Yeah. Um, I, I know my godchild um, over in America, um, she, loved, she had a little garden all of her own, and I think the rose was um, her favorite plant because she being a little girl and it was a pink um a pink flower and it was scented and it was an ever blooming one of the ever blooming ones um and i think that's lovely for you know if you can get get them interested in something like that um i'm not sure that boys would respond they're probably different ones for boys um so they probably need lawnmowers i don't know little tractors or lawnmowers or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah the guy thing the turf 
thing or the guy thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think almost any, particularly the preschool age, uh, the sunflowers are great because, as you say, they germinate quickly and they quickly they grow taller than the child, which makes yes. it, which I think is great fun for them. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I think, uh, you know, for, for, for kids, that's, that's great fun. Um, but what about, um, Maybe um, sort of gift cards. Um, I heard yesterday on one of the esteemed um, programs that this this guy's mother had said you should never give a gift card because it shows lack of thought and you're not really thinking of the person. But I'm going to dispute that because I think for gardeners, there are some great things out there um, that... You, you can't exactly buy your veggie seeds for somebody else. Um, you, a gift card for one of the big nurseries or something like that is an ideal thing for somebody to be able to go pick out the, the one that they want. I think so, too. Um, there's only something that I want that I generally won't spend money on. And if I have a gift card, then I might splurge a little bit and buy something that I've been wanting, but I haven't bought all season long. But and how can someone know what you have and what you don't have and what you'd like to have for your garden tools or, you know, a new pair of gloves? People don't know that. They don't root around in the bottom of your, your little satchel that you carry your tools in. So I think gift cards are very personal, especially if you know that your gardener shops at a certain uh, nursery or garden center, um, forest. Whatever. Yeah, and 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 you can get you can gift card on a new hat, gloves, tools, plants. Yeah, classes. Some uh-huh. things. Um, some nurseries offer classes. Yeah, um, and so I, I I think gift cards are are great fun um, for people to be able to receive. Maybe get a little pair of gar- gardening gloves, um, maybe a hat, and then include the gift card for your favorite nursery or their favorite nursery to buy, buy the plants themselves. Um, That'd be right in there. Oh, that, would, that wouldn't insult me at all. I'd be delighted if someone yeah. something like that. <laughs> I don't think it's personal. Yeah. I'd rather get something that I can use and something that I'm really not going to use. Yeah. And I say, I, I, I think that they're, they're really, um, they're flexible. And if they're to a particular nursery, you can get so much um, that from from there, um, particularly a, a private nursery, the independent ones. And another one that uh, I've men- mentioned in the, the past couple of weeks would be something like, like to one of the big gardens, like Longwood Garden, that do classes and things as well. Um, so if you're a member, you get discount on all the ca- uh, all the classes during the during the year. Absolutely, a membership. Um to a public garden uh, is a terrific gift also. Uh, I was also thinking for an edible gardener, a gift of a, a seed collection from a catalog would be wonderful, like Renee's Garden Seeds. They have collections of seeds and different themes, like their Rainbow Kitchen Garden or their, their Herb Garden or their, their Hummingbird or Pollinator Garden, Ooh. even their native plants. Three Sisters Garden with like the corn and the beans and the pumpkins. If you're you're starting out and and you want to do an edible garden, that's a great way to introduce someone to a fabulous garden catalog, a seed catalog. Yeah, 
And, and of course, um, you know, I, and I think, um, you know, if there are procrastinators out, out there, um, a lot of the, um, the online places can give you a gift card by e- email. So you can almost go up to Christmas Eve and get still still get something delivered <laughs> delivered the next morning um, by by e card, which um, for definitely for the procrastinators, I'll grant you. <laughs> but, uh, Absolutely, stores, you know, even in the grocery stores, there's uh, there's often gift cards for sale there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and actually, as I've been go- going around um, the 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 places to buy Christmas trees and things like that, um, I found a couple of little pots um, of um, conifers of different varieties as well. And to put outside, and I think those would be a miniature garden in a container. Well, no, these actually were um, small conifers that were in kind of gallon pots going for bargain price because they're the end of the year. And you can put little uh, ornaments on that to keep it outside um, and maybe decorate it with uh, bows or or whatever by the front door. And then come next uh, spring, you've got another plant to put in the garden. Right, right. Uh, Something I like to give to a cook is a rosemary topiary, which you can find often at the grocery stores or the garden centers right now, too. Beautiful fragrant and edible rosemary topiary and if you keep oh, it yes. in a cool spot it, it lasts for several years uh-huh well, that's right, yeah. Um, my, my biggest beef with those is you've got to be, make sure it's a mild day when you buy them because I swear that some of them die between the cashier and getting them into the car. <laughs> the cashier in the car, yeah. yeah. Well, a poinsettia will do that if you don't keep it warm when you go from the cashier to the car. <laughs> yes, I mean, you have to take an extra coat with you, one for the plants. Um, Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of the, talking about poinsettias, one of the local garden centers here offers a trade-in for your old poinsettia after Christmas. You trade it in for $5 off a, a $10 purchase or more at the nursery. <laughs> and then what, what then? How many poinsettias have you had hanging around that you tried to revive and you just don't want to throw the thing out because it's a living thing and yet you see, they never come back. <laughs> so do, do they then keep, keep them for the following year and get them to bloom again? Well, you could, but I've never had the patience to do that. I'm too busy in the outside garden tend to a poinsettia like that um but i have kept them pathetic looking little things oh i've done that outside and <laughs> plant them yes i've know, done yep. again if you're down south they're gorgeous like you know they put them in a florida landscape of trees yeah. but I, in pennsylvania yeah I, I would definitely recommend a, a gift certificate or a gift card i i think they're very personal yeah, um, and I, I, I think poinsettias, if you can keep them between Christmas and spring alive and plant them in the garden, they've got beautiful foliage for the for the yeah. summer. It's true for the poinsettias. They're such beautiful colors. Uh, I went to poinsettia trial a few years ago when they were first coming out with the darker, the burgundy ones and the different speckled, all of it. There's so many varieties that just take your breath away when you see a whole greenhouse full of the, the poinsettias. Yes, I, I, I was. Rainbow. 
Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to go go around a wholesaler last um, last fall and see all the p- poinsettias that they'd got, um, and and indeed how to um, how they changed the colours on them. Um, they used a little spray spray paint room, yeah. <laughs> but but according to um, my my good good friend Bar- Barbara, who was one of the owners of this place, um, the red is still the most popular. You know, you can get all these different colors, but red poinsettias are still the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and on that Christmassy note, um, I think we'll finish this um, this uh, segment. Um, uh, and we will be back um, after after this and listen to more about Gloria Day um, and some, maybe some last-minute ideas. We will be right back. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. I hope you're enjoying America's Homegrown Veggie Show this morning. We have been talking about garden gifts with Gloria Day. Um, and Gloria, I love the name of your business and your website is pretty dirty ladies um does that mean that you have an all-female staff as well (laughs) well that's how i started my business with just ladies um we get pretty dirty in the garden and that's where that comes from and i incorporated in the business crew a little bit and and i aged a little bit so now we have some ladies and gentlemen on the on the staff there and uh, (laughs) <laughs> so the fellows help us out with some of the mulching and edging and tree planting and things like that. And one of our specialties that the ladies really have the attention to detail for is perennial scaping and planting and maintaining perennials. Oh. So that's our, our real specialty is the maintenance of, of garden beds and the color, uh, four season color. So when I design... I designed for year-round gardens, you know, from the winter garden with beautiful structure and colorful conifers and exfoliating bark to the summertime with its overflowing containers and layers and layers of, of garden uh-huh. plants and yeah. annuals. 
while wearing scrubs, things like that. And I love to do uh, harmonious colors with the design of the house and the style of the house, you know, the architectural style of the house, uh, keeping with the period of the house sometimes to design the garden. Uh-huh. And, and you're, you're in, the, in what, zone five or six there? Oh, we're in zone 6B, oh. which is just a little warmer than 6 now. It has changed in the last three to five years. Uh-huh. Um, so now I can plant things like crepe myrtles, oh. camellias, um, and just keep a few more things uh, year-round that used to just freeze out completely. Ocubas are one of my lovely deep shade shrubs, and they were always sort of marginal. But now, in the last few years, they're a staple of the garden design. Oh, that sounds sounds great. Um, yeah, and and in fact, um, I'm trying a fig for the first time this year. Right now, it's in the gar- garage in case it didn't survive because it was quite late go- going into the ground. Um, but I'm hoping that that uh, I'm, I know down in Atlanta. They most certainly can, and we were supposed to be, I think, 7B then. It's probably an 8 now. And where I am now, um, it's supposed to be um, somewhere around around a 7, I think. So I'm hoping that this uh, fig will survive outside. I think that's true because you're not quite coastal. Um, you're in the middle of the state there. And, that's and right. you're in a, a warm part of the state. And there can be little microclimates here and there. I wrote a garden column this year on, on figs, and uh-huh. I was quite surprised to learn how many people in my area actually had had big trees planted in the ground for many, many years, where I have mine in a large container, and I roll it out in the summer, and I roll it back in my garage for winter keeping. But I think <laughs> I'm going to find a permanent spot for it now that I know that we're a little warmer uh-huh. and that so many other people i must have had 15 replies uh, from that garden column the most i've ever got on figs so so does it go go die back to the ground for most people where you are or does it just keep up above the ground no they they have them planted in the ground and then some of them wrap them some of them do nothing Hmm. it's amazing uh, yeah, and actually I found some people here that um, when, when we were talking about figs, um, and, you know, they, they have them outside as well. But I thought I'd be just a little cautious, as say it was late in the season, so I didn't want to shock it. Um, so I think, think he'll, he'll, go, he'll go out in the, in the spring and he'll be in the ground and we'll figure out, you know, if he'll either sink or swim, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so anyway, back back to your to your um, your website. Yeah. Um, and can people contact you through that? Is there a contact on on the um, if they want uh, your advice on on guard, garden design? Absolutely. I have a, a toll free phone number. It's one eight seven seven nine four four two two one one or at my website. They can contact me at Gloria at PrettyDirtyLadies.com. And ladies is spelled L-A-D-I-E-S. 
And I, I think that's such a, a notable name. <laughs> there, there is only one company. Well, it's fun. People, people remember that name more than they remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that, that is on the, the, the webpage as well, right? Um, how, how about um, social media and things? Um, are you on Facebook and, and Twitter and all those wonderful places? Um, I am not. I don't have a lot of time for that. I have a personal Facebook page. Um, that's, so that's the best way to I contact you. I don't really have a lot of time for for much else, especially in the season of gardening. <laughs> it's sun up to sundown, and and then it's eat and sleep and start all over again. So I'm kind of happy for this time of year when there's snow on the ground, and I can't do any more work. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to take a break and enjoy the holidays. As I hope everyone doing right now oh yes between some, between snowstorms yeah <laughs> can't wait to get into my winter reading habits uh-huh um, and what, what about talks um do you do you do talks around the 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 area or uh, the, any of the shows i do um i've been speaking at the philadelphia flower show for 13 years at the gardener's studio uh-huh. and about you know whatever they'd like me to speak about based on the theme of the show that year and that's been a lot of fun. That's a, a hands-on kind of display uh, talk. I also do talks uh, for the National Federated Garden Club and Master Gardener Clubs. And I have one coming up in, in Reading with the, the Garden Club uh, on aromatherapy in Ooh. January. And then I have one in May on on maintenance, garden maintenance, which, again, is one of my specialties that make your life so easy in the garden a, a way to do something in a time-saving manner or a tool a special tool to use or just how and how and when to do things to uh-huh. bring your garden back to life and I, I think pruning of, of anything is always fun um, particularly I mean it's one of those for me it's one of those late winter things when the snow has gone but it's and the sun is out um, and it's a little too early to do anything like planting. So, but it's plenty late enough. You can go go prune. You can prune roses. You can prune rose trees. You can prune almost anything that's um, not going to bloom next month. <laughs> um, that's so. right. You can get out there and, and really see the structure of everything. And even if it's not quite time to prune it, um, you can make notes on how you want to prune it or what needs to be pruned. Mm-hmm. My local rose. Society experts said you should prune your roses at the break of the persithia bud. I was kind of surprised at that. Sometimes I prune things back now. And they said, no, you really should just prune them back then. And, you know, I, I think there are so many rules about pruning that it makes people not want to do it in case they break a rule. But my, my basic rule of thumb with pruning of anything is... Um, it's it's a plant, <laughs> you know, and it and it wants to live. Um, yes, there might be some some ramifications of it not fruiting quite as well next year, or maybe not flowering quite as well if you sort of prune off all the the buds before before it does anything. Um, but it's very difficult to kill a plant. I mean, Lord knows the power companies make horrific um, designs with trees, and they're pruning around uh, power lines and things, and it's ugly. But it doesn't kill anything. Uh, yeah. Most of the time it doesn't, yeah. So I've had a few things. Like people say that they cut their buddleias down uh, to the ground 
And I generally don't do that this time of year. I might I wait until late winter, very early spring, to do that because sometimes we do have a harsh winter, and you can lose a shrub like that. Yeah, uh, but not often. Um, yeah, anyway, pruning is is for the health of the plant, and I tell people that um, first get the right plant for the right place so that you don't have to do a lot of work in pruning. That's all part of the maintenance. And then um, to prune it at the right time of year for the health of the plant and for the look of the plant. It's not not to make it into shapes and geometry. Yeah. And I, and I think sometimes it, it's, it's good to actually step back from the plant before you do anything and visualize what you want it to look like afterwards so you maintain that um, that that shape and as well as everything else you know and I, and I think so, certainly um, you know if, if people can contact can they contact you about different pruning things um, do you go go maybe on um, absolutely so- I'm always open um, for questions for comments um, for anything of interest um, and just for sharing as well as consultation, personal consultation on site. Okay. A lot of sharing. Yeah. Our, our very sharing bunch anyway. Yeah. And I think you said, I, I said that you were in Pittsburgh. You, you told me you're, you're a little bit further north of Pittsburgh. Is that right? I am um, north of Philadelphia, about an hour and a half, and east of Harrisburg, about an hour. So close to, close to Reading. Oh, okay. Reading and Allentown. Oh, okay. In, in Leesport, Pennsylvania, in Burke County. But, uh, I do get out to Pittsburgh every now and then, and I'm actually looking forward to getting out there next summer. Oh, yeah. And and, and you write uh, the garden column for the Burke's um, County magazine, is that right? Yes, it's Burke's Country. It's part of the Reading Eagle, and it's a bi-weekly column. I share the column with an edible writer who works for Rodale. Okay. Oh, great, so great. I write about the horticulture, and she writes about the edible most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to write about the the edible side of of things. Um, but you know, we're we're right at the end of the show, Gloria. Um, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on good gifts for gardeners. Uh, and I'm glad we agree that um, gift cards for gardeners are a perfect way to go, <laughs> regardless of what people's we mother told you. Um, but uh, but yes, we're right at the end of the show. I hope everybody has enjoyed these um, these shows on garden gifts. Um, we've had three different, totally different shows. So, um, But in, anyway, next week um, we'll be doing more talking about uh, veggies. Have a good gardening week, everyone. Have a good holiday season. Uh, and we'll be back with new shows in 2014. Gosh. Okay, thank you, Gloria. Thank you for having me. I've certainly enjoyed it. Happy holidays.